0: Hey everyone, it's Laura Molitor here again with another Divine Purpose Insights podcast. I'm your host of this weekly program and Divine Purpose Coach and Spiritual Activist. You can find out more about me and what I do at beingfreenow.com. You can subscribe to this podcast and please feel free to share if you like what you hear. The Promised Land What is that? Well, in the Old Testament, it is the land that God promised to Abraham, which his descendants would inherit and where they would enjoy prosperity and peace. The promised land also tends to signify a place of freedom and security, a place where dreams come to fruition. It was evoked in Martin Luther King Jr.'s famous speech. "'I've been to the mountaintop,' he said, "'and I've seen the promised land. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord.'" It's a stirring and beautiful speech, as all of his are, and is based on King's vision for black Americans and for humanity in general, for freedom for all and peace and safety. King sees this promised land from the mountaintop, as he says, not from within the fray, but from his uplifted thought, his assurances from God. He knew there were difficult times to get through, but he also knew the promised land was not a pipe dream. It was something he could truly see, through his prayers, his communing with God. I think we can do our best to recognize our right to live in the promised land. Certainly that aspiration of peace and harmony for the world is significant and of the utmost importance, but we can start with ourselves. We can start by doing what the children of Israel eventually did. They went in to possess the land. The promised land was one that supposedly belonged to them, and yet it seems there were times where there was a reluctance to believe that this promised land wasn't a distant hope or something with a contingency to their occupying it. I'm beginning to see that this land was not a literal plot of space for them or for us, but a state of consciousness. It's an acceptance of the presence of and our right to live harmoniously and happily right here and now. There's a Bible story that I think is instructive, and I'm going to quote from an article in the Christian Science Sentinel called Go In and Possess the Land. It's by William Milford Correll. And he explains the story really well and its significance. So I thought I would read his quote on it. Um, it was inspiring to me, and it says it well. He says, There is a significant incident in the history of the Israelites' journey to the promised land as recorded in the Bible. At one point, Moses sent Joshua and Caleb along with others to spy out the desired land and to report on the prospects of conquest. When the group came back, Joshua and Caleb reported favorably. Caleb said to the people, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the other men that were sent reported unfavorably and were filled with fear. The result was that the conquest was delayed and the Israelites wandered 40 years in the wilderness before finally coming into the promised land. Corell goes on to say, and I quote, The moral of this experience is to discern the difference between spiritual sense evidence and the evidence of the physical senses. Through spiritual mindedness, as portrayed by Joshua and Caleb, we can see the opportunity and the spiritual evidence that we need to go in and possess the land. We can be reassured that evil is not formidable and not real, that there is nothing to stand in the way of our experiencing all the goodness of God's love and care. End of quote. So this says to me that it isn't just knowing there is some promise out there. It's about committing to possessing it. It is about knowing that what God promises for us, good, love, life, light, is naturally ours no matter how it may appear through eyes caught up in trouble and fear. The sooner we claim this promised land is ours, the sooner we believe that his promise is present truth, the sooner we can begin to feel the results of that in our daily life. I know it's not always easy, but we don't need to wait 40 years to get to the promised land. We may, as the children of Israel did, and certainly as we see in the lives of freedom fighters throughout the ages, we may have to face some challenges to realizing that promised land fully. But those wilderness times can help us more clearly discern what we really want, what's really right for us, and what's the best means to gain that where we and all are most blessed. I'm working on recognizing the promised land as qualities of thought and being, rather than as certain specific experiences and situations and times and places and people. The promised land is the presence of God, of good, of love, of life, of truth. And God is not out in tomorrow or back in yesterday. God and all his qualities are here with us right now. The Christ revealed this to us. The promises are fulfilled in our awareness of our oneness with God, our relationship with him, and the fact that we are already and always worthy, lovable, and loved. I think the best definition of the promised land is an awareness of divine love. Get on the mountaintop. Do your best to lift thought from the complaints and fears of mortal experience and let yourself feel divine love then share it. A love shared is the promised land flourishing and multiplying. It welcomes everyone in, and there's always more than enough room in love and for loving. There's some thoughts to mull over with me. Please let me know if you have any questions or comments or want to talk more. I can be reached at lauramolitor at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. Have a blessed weekend, and we'll see you next week.